Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from singing sailors to savage spiders, and today we're covering Silver Dragons. Hi, Brian. What year is it? <laughs> year of the dragon, That's my friend. That's right. <laughs> and today we're talking about our first singular metallic dragons. Nice. Uh, we're covering, uh, actually, my second favorite of all dragon kinds, silver dragons. Blues and silvers? Blues and silvers. Working in tandem. Working in tandem. I do that sometimes. Yeah, only in Dragonlance. Only but it's dragon fucking Lance. glorious when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> so silver dragons uh, are sometimes also called shield dragons due to their propensity to defend the weaker races from evil are considered to be the second most powerful of the major five metallic dragons. Uh, it is said that they exemplify all that is good in dragon kind. Uh, it's my opinion that even though gold dragons are the favorite of Bahamut, I feel like silvers resemble the dragon king more in disposition, behavior, and in action. They're just more like him. Okay. I think uh, we'll see if you agree by the end of this episode, but I just think that they just seem a lot more like Bahamut than his more zealous golden bros. Maybe the difference, like Bahamut wants somebody kind of a little different around. I think, yeah, then that might be it. I, I think it's also, I think the silvers require less guidance directly okay. from Bahamut, but that's, again, this is just my opinion. Because they're more like in line with his They're thinking. more in line. They're good on their own. Like, okay. I think wisdom is definitely what you think of when you think of silver dragons. Are but. silver dragons like invest or like uh, invested in humankind and like towns and stuff? Very and, much so. That's a huge part of their identity, which we will get into. So Bahamut is like 
good investments. Yeah. Good business decisions. Indeed. They don't need my help. Exactly. They've got, it. They've got their finger, their money fingers in all the right banks. Indeed they do. Okay. So silver dragons uh, shimmer as if they were sculpted from pure metal. Um, atop a curvaceous long neck, their head has like a beak-like snout. Their brow has multiple thick plate-like scales that kind of stack up. And it just has this really... Uh, Defensive look, I guess you could say to like it. Like a ram, almost? Hmm, not like a ram. I mean... More, more like a battering ram, I guess. I mean, like they could definitely... P- they can use face. it as a battering ram if they so chose. It just looks very defensive is okay. the best way I can so put it. they got a big helmet on. Kind of. Not really a big helmet. It's just like this multi-plated brow. It's like a brow plate. It's like eyebrow face plates. There we go. Yeah. Um, where was I? Um... They oh yeah and uh, above their faceplate they have two swept-back smooth uh, black horns. Ooh okay. Uh, atop their head is a beautiful frill that flows all the way down uh, the back to the tip of the tail. Uh, this frill is much larger and more accentuated than almost any other dragon. I think the only dragon that really kind of rivals uh, the silver when it comes to its frills would be the green, but we'll talk about that another day. Um, silvers also have frills on their lower jaw and ear area. Together, this kind of forms this almost lion-like mane. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, they have very long wings that are whitest along the trailing outer edge. Um, their scales are nearly indistinguishable to the naked eye unless you're really, really close up. And this kind of just adds to their statuesque kind of Well, they have like a smoothed look. over look. Yeah, a very like, smoothed over look. They okay. look like they're carved out of some, one smooth piece of metal. Yeah. So that's how I was picturing them. But then the way you describe the face is kind of like contradictory. Like counter to that a little bit. It's got like a lot of angular design. It sounds like to no. It. The face doesn't have angular design. It's, it's so it's hard to describe. You'd have to look at the picture. Okay. Where the brow basically just has like three, like plates of silver on it. It okay. looks really smooth and elegant. It's like cut back. It's like aerodynamic. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That makes more sense. Um, also, uh, silvers have extraordinary, like, well-muscled bodies. They just look swole as fuck. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> they really do. Just like Bahamut. Just like Bahamut. <laughs> <laughs> all in all, silvers are very regal-looking, and uh, they just they look majestic. And oh. all silver dragons give off a scent of rain and evergreen needles. So they smell nice, too. They smell nice, too. <laughs> That's after the gym, bro. It's like, after they, the gym. They, they, they don't need they a spray it down. Yeah. They don't need Axe deodorant They spray. don't. <laughs> That's true. Okay. So morality is extremely important to silver dragons and most find themselves dwelling on ideas of morality for the entirety of their long lives okay um, most follow a philosophy of living a life doing good deeds and avoiding actions that bring undeserved harm to others okay uh, they believe in justice and they believe in stopping evil but unlike gold or bronze dragons they don't go out of their way to route evil out or bring justice to the world they just slay it as it, it blows into their path kind of instead they wait for others to seek out their help or to act only when evil being committed is so extreme that it actually requires the interference of a dragon. I think they take their interference very seriously. Like, look, I'm very powerful, and the things I do can have repercussions, so I don't want to take an action unless it's absolutely necessary. Yeah, I'm not going to try to tip the scales and cause, like, a bad butterfly effect from it. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much so. Excuse me. So, um, so But even when a silver, like, looks to interfere... They're way more likely to just offer like healing or sanctuary to those that need it or just wisdom and knowledge that can lead the people to doing the thing that needs to be done. He's like standing behind the fighter like duck. (laughs) 
<laughs> sure, that's get out of the way right. of that get axe. Out of the, way. the axe looks real bad. I can't. I can't. I could knock that guy over and kill him right now. But like, you could do. But it. But I'll just tell you about him. You'll probably do it. <laughs> Let me lay these hands. Uh, so they basically, rather than go out crusading to solve other people's problems, they try and help people solve their own problems. Okay. Um, I feel like there's two things going on here with this mentality. Number one, it's kind of like the. Uh, give a man what? What's the proverb with the teach a man to fish? Yeah, yeah. Teach a man to fish and give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Yeah. Teach a man to fish, he'll eat for a lifetime. It's, and that's, I think, their mentality here: that t- teaching people to be able to stand on their own legs. And also, I think um, another part of this mentality is that a lot of the more zealous evil fighting dragons, like bronze and golds, can kind of get tunnel vision while they're out evil fighting. Okay. Uh, silvers take a more like step back, observant, patient approach. So that if something breaks bad, they can see it coming and then act accordingly rather than distractedly dealing with some other smaller evil problem in the distant, you know, in the distance from the yeah, real yeah, yeah. issue over here. I got so it. So they're just studying chaos theory, like in their in their I, rooms at night. I guess so. They're just like looking at all yeah. like, well, I met the baker today <laughs> and he told the banker that blah, blah, blah. And if I'm here tomorrow, I can kill this dude and stop all this bad shit. I mean, yeah, that's that's definitely one way to spin it, and yeah. I can agree with it. So there you go. Yeah, so, yeah, Silvers are like the watchers on the mountain, okay. and they're just trying to, to only act when necessary and trying not to miss a single beat. So all in all, uh, Silvers focus more on protecting uh, rather than smiting people, uh, which is not to say that they're pacifists. I mean, they're still motherfucking dragons. Do not make them angry. Um a pissed off silver dragon means it's time to get the fuck out of the way because no. evil is dying tonight. Evil is dying tonight. <laughs> so despite all this uh, philosophical and moral consideration, silver dragons are considered to be the most social and friendly of all metallic dragon kind. Except for maybe steels. Uh, you know, that's you know, a debate, really. Okay. Not all campaign settings have steel dragons, but what? most have silver. I don't want. I'm I'm hesitant to ask more about steel dragons to get a little background on that. Like, what would? Um, If you don't remember from our Metallic Dragons two episode, steel dragons were like the super humanoid ones that were like starting businesses and like integrating into communities for thousands of years. Maybe I was confusing the the description on uh, on steels with silvers because that's kind of what I was referencing. That's fair enough. They they have a lot of similarities with the Uh, the steels kind of falling more along the lines of neutrality. Okay, they they love humans and they love being with humans, but they're not like all goody goody about it. Right, because they're they're dragons they love money they love money while <laughs> silvers are like they're about morality and the people and all that stuff they're yeah. very undragon like and much more bahamut like but okay but where was i oh yeah so unlike most other dragons even gold dragons silvers truly enjoy the company of other silver dragons so this is back on their uh sociability it's not just with their humanoids it's even with their own kind which is right. very exceptional dragons don't like each other most of the time except for silvers they're, they're super close. Yeah, they're one of the exceptions to the rule. Indeed. So uh, silvers are raised among their own kind in clans, and when they're not out in the world in humanoid form, they're most often spending their time with friends and family. Doing secret handshakes. Doing secret handshakes. Getting the next password ready. Getting the next password ready. Absolutely. <laughs> Cleaning the mountaintop clubhouse. Cleaning the mountaintop clubhouse. That's exactly right. I fucking love this place, bro. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about one of the most defining characteristics of silver dragons, which we kind of just were. Uh, more so than any other dragon, say for maybe steels, which is what I just said, silvers have a strong affinity and love for the shorter-lived humanoid races of D&D. Um, most specifically, elves and humans. Right. Okay. Um, this affinity is so strong, most silvers spend 50 plus percent of their lives among humanoids in disguised humanoid form. Right. Um, this stems from a couple of different places, and the reasoning for their affinities is different when it comes to both elves and men. So, like all other dragons, silvers believe themselves to be superior to all other beings, but unlike most other dragons, they're not dicks about it. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> but <laughs> um, apt descriptor. Yeah, I just that's you know that's how I feel about it. So, but also unlike most other dragons, they realize that being a dragon comes with its own set of limitations and drawbacks. Okay. So it's like they think they're better than everybody, but they're not dicks about it, and they're willing to recognize their own flaws, which is just completely undragon-like. I mean, what are the flaws here? So they don't sound flawed to me. So right they're now. okay. So the drawbacks. Some of these are practical limitations, such as being fucking gigantic. You know? <laughs> I'm just so big. They require a huge. Li- <laughs> they require a huge living space and an unreasonable amount of food. <laughs> just God, like, I fuck. eat like a cow. I'm a goddamn monster. They secretly hate themselves. <laughs> that's too funny. I'm grotesquely um, enormous. <laughs> I don't so that's, fit in. So that's one. Drawback. That's like a, a very minor one to them. The other one is the their draconic sense of time. They find this to be a limitation because though living for thousands of years is pretty awesome, uh, silvers, silvers find that they constantly have to fight their innate tendency to over-reflect on things and letting opportunities pass them by. <laughs> they can be over-contemplative and they can, you know, I, one of their strengths is that they're not quick to action, but that's also one of their weaknesses because sometimes they take too long to get shit done. Yeah, they're like debating whether, like, you know, John Smith invited them out to the tavern tonight <laughs> and it's like, should I go? <laughs> Tina's going to be there and she loves me and that would be irresponsible. <laughs> but I really want to drink, that's but everyone's going to know how much I need to drink I'm so big. And the next thing you know, 10 years went by. Yeah. And then it's <laughs> um, tomorrow and it's like, oh, I missed it. I think it. this is very reminiscent of the gathering of the Ents in Lord of the Rings and how oh, it yeah. takes them forever to decide to to decide to not do anything, basically, <laughs> until the halflings trick them into seeing some horrific shit. Yeah. They're like, no, you're, you're no, you you're need, going. You need, you're going to war. <laughs> you're going to war right now. I did not just wait through that for no reason. <laughs> and so I think silvers are constantly having to fight this because they live so long and uh, they are so wise. So, yeah. Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. So having the long perspective is great, but it lends itself towards a life of procrastination and and hesitation. Hesitation. Yeah, they're just will. like wait. They're like it's this thing. They they don't want to cause a bad ripple. Is what it sounds like. Exactly. And I believe I got my notes all mixed up. So with that, I think we're gonna take a <laughs> short rest. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where I'm talking about the last thing we're talking about. We're talking about love. The L-O-V-E. That L-O-V-E. I love you. Um, so let's talk about Patreon people. Thanks for coming in, Shannon, Michael, Carl. Thanks, Shannon. Thanks for supporting us. Thanks, Mike Giuliano. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Andrew M. Is it just Andrew M? Rasset. Okay. Thanks, Andrew. Rasset. Rasset. It's probably Rasset. Uh, thank you, Ryan Brown. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, Valentine. Thanks, Valentine. Perhaps Valentine. Or Valentine. Valentine. Either way, we thank you. Thank you, JR. Thanks, JR. JR. Okay. Um... Yeah, check out Patreon. There's dope shit going on there all the time, including there really is. Uh, other live play stuff and um, early episodes. Early episodes is and a big one. Sweet exclusive merch. Yeah, that's true. Exclusive Speaking mugs. Speaking of merch, <laughs> we have a merch store. We did it. <laughs> we got Holy a brand new shining sh- merch oh my, store. Oh my god! Thanks, Will, for making the merch store. <laughs> no problem. It's actually pretty easy. So if you want a cool Dungeon Cast T-shirt or a TDC Place T-shirt or a Super Quest Saga T-shirt or a mug, we have mugs. Check out our merch store on Teespring.com. The link's in the description, but I'll go ahead and say the URL here. It's Teespring.com/stores/the-dungeoncast. And uh, we're working on some sort of promo code. We don't have anything right now, but we'll get back to you on that. But yeah, start repping your your sweet DungeonCast merch. That's right. Uh, one one last little thing of note. Um, we do have a contest going on that we should probably oh, yeah. mention. Indeed. Um, go to the DungeonCast on Instagram or the DungeonCast on Twitter. If mm-hmm. you're on Twitter, share a link to the show. Mm-hmm. If you're on Instagram, find the post that has the dice giveaway um, you know, text on it. Uh, read the instructions below. I think you just comment. Uh, to You need to follow the account comment uh and tag two people and there you go and that's an entry two way to two, two ways, two to, ways enter. to answer yeah. one prize indeed uh, a like, set of cracking dice yeah well no it's not a set it's, it's one not, giant oh D20. it's the giant d20 yes. so a giant d20 cracking die metal d20 that's really cool so epic it's like 40 millimeters something like that very nice it's gonna destroy your enemies <laughs> oh gosh let's get back to the show let's get back to the show All right, Brian, we're back. We've returned. And last we left off, um, my notes got all mixed up, so I had to reorganize Oh, I got you. Super buff silver (laughs) dragons that Uh smell good. Yeah. And when they polymorph, they look like, uh, they look like vaguely like Jeff Goldblum. As he appeared, sure. in, uh, as he appeared in Jurassic Park, I mean, they could if they wanted to. That's for sure. I think the last thing we were talking about was how silver dragons were able to see their own draconic flaws, and one of the major flaws was the their like innate struggle against wasting time because they yes. live so long. 
So when you compare that with the shorter lived uh, humans who must seize upon every opportunity that comes their way uh, and have a drive towards accomplishment and progress and ambition, uh, this is something that most dragons lack. And Silver's wish to pair their own long kind of wise perspective with the dynamism of humanity. And they think that this is a lesson that not only they should take the heart, but all dragon kind can learn from this kind of behavior. Like, uh, they're going to motivate me because, like, look, I'll just look at them. They're trying so hard. Yeah. And well, it's just, not they're just, just they're trying just so hard. Die. It's like they live so short and they just, they're like little explosions. They get so much done in their short lifespans. That's that, what I mean is like the yeah. perspective from a silver dragon is like, look at how hard you're trying with yeah. the time you have. You're getting more done than I probably get done in 100 years. Exactly. And then and that's why they're so impressed by human beings. Yeah. Um, now, their affinity for elves, I feel, stems from more of like a kinship of similarity. So silver dragons and elves have similar dispositions on morality and life. Though elves uh, do live much shorter lifespans than dragons, their lifespans are far more comparable uh, than either of their lifespans are to human beings. So elves struggle with a lot of the same issues of like overcontemplation and dormancy. Um, and they both have a somewhat similar outlook and relationship with humans where it's like, I think elves are very... Um, Obviously, you have the trope where elves don't like humans. Yeah. <laughs> but I think more commonly, elves are very frustrated with humans because humans remind elves of the way they used to be when the race was young. Mm-hmm. And they're making all the same mistakes, but they don't learn from the mistakes because they don't live long enough. They're like repeating history and the elves are just watching them yeah. generation by generation repeat it, their history. Exactly. But at the same time, the elves, much like Silver Dragons, very impressed with how much they get done, especially compared to elves who don't do a lot. Right. And they procrastinate they're a like, lot. They're like, oh, there's a war? Like, it doesn't involve us? Well, yeah. It's probably going to last like four or five years. Let's just wait it out. Yeah. And like it was of no consequence. We'll just stay away from there for right. a little while. And I think elves are very, although they're more on the chaotic good side, they are very uh, concerned with morality and doing what's right. And they have this whole long perspective thing. So I think silvers and elves just get along because like they're just so similar. Is there issues with like the greater good of like a, like the dragons in it for the long game? Sort of thing. Um, I think with gold dragons, probably. <laughs> uh, with silvers, I think a little bit less so because one of another key characteristic of silvers is they're very, very kind, and they don't like seeing innocent people being hurt. So for them, like it's, a lot of times, it's not about the greater good. It's just like about doing what's right. Just like living in the moment, kind of about it. Um, I wouldn't go. I, I mean, I wouldn't say living in the moment, but like. Like, I don't know, if you were to face a silver with a dilemma, I mean, maybe they might go with the greater good point of view. Um, Like, you know, allow this small village to die so that it doesn't erupt into a war that, you know, involves like many nations and has 10,000. No, I think a silver is going to intervene because it's like those hundred don't deserve to die. Yeah. And like they'll find a way to deal with the next evil. Like one, I think in their point of view, allowing one evil so that another evil doesn't happen isn't necessarily a good thing yeah they, they're more, i get it they're more like uh i'll take the issue on my back in anime style they like walk out into the field and like fucking obliterate all the evil sure yeah absolutely <laughs> okay so when silver dragons intermingle with humanoid society they do so in secret adopting a completely new and fake humanoid persona uh most often uh it's said that of like an older sage kind of uh, entity looks like or, jeff goldblum 
maybe or a young wanderer it, it just depends on young what Jeff they, Goldblum old young Jeff there Goldblum. we go I don't care yeah exactly <laughs> so with a false name and no sign of the true draconic nature save for a small sign like uh, maybe like a lock of silver hair or silver eyes or something like that okay they can help themselves they got red my colors yeah they exactly <laughs> they got that um, I like those uh, those dudes that grow like long beards and they have like two silver strips coming off the bottom oh like, yeah and it's yeah. all gray yeah a silver would definitely yeah, do that that'd be, that'd be pretty fresh now, they, again, like, they, they intermingle in secret, but when friendships with other humanoids inevitably do occur, the Silver will always eventually reveal their true identity because they loathe lying to friends and allies. Okay. They don't like lying. Again, they're very moral, and they're very serious about the morality. Uh, <laughs> when Silvers make humanoid friends, they honor those friendships for the humanoids' entire lives, and even sometimes continuing the friendship, if you will, with the humanoids' descendants. Okay. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. we've kind of touched on that. We before. have touched on that. We, we talked about that with Steel Dragons as well. <laughs> so, so it's like, a little weird, but like very Captain America. It's very, yeah, I guess very Captain America. <laughs> very Captain America. I think it's more along the lines of like when you have a dog and the dog has puppies and then you, you keep those puppies and yeah, then those yeah. puppies have puppies. And next thing you know, you just had three generations of dogs. <laughs> And you love them all, but they were all different. But they're all kind of the same. This is my friend, third generation Jake. I mean, Todd. Todd, exactly. grandson of Jake. God. Um, <laughs> where was I? Okay, so, uh, at, oh, yeah, let's talk about. We were talking about, about, like, morality. Well, we like, were talking about, like, their lives with humanoids and, and whatnot. But let's actually talk about their lives without humanoids. So, as I said before, when not living with humanoids, silver dragons live in loose-knit family units called clans. Each clan has an acting patriarch or matriarch that gives advice, helps settle disputes, and coordinates actions that the clan might take as a group. But though this senior dragon may be the leader of the clan, they are not the leader. All all silvers in a clan have a say in clan business. The older one just gives the most advice, if you will. Okay. So, I mean. It's mostly just a straight democracy with somebody having basically two votes instead of one. Okay. If you will. It's like a shadow of what the blue dragons are doing. Like they, the blue dragons all kind of report to one, but that dude actually, well, the, the difference blue, is they're in, in charge. They're actually the, in charge. The blues have a strict hierarchy. Right. And like they have like a, a, a level of like who's in charge and who's not. Silvers have, kind of have the opposite. There is no hierarchy. We're yeah. all charged. We're all individual strong dragons who have a say in like what goes on. Except but for like the we elder. know old Ben yeah. knows a lot of shit. So we kind of listen to what he says or we yeah. take everything he says to heart. Old Ben's got it got it right most of the time. Indeed. You get two votes, old Ben. You get two votes, old Ben. <laughs> so although some clans do live directly together in like a single layer, uh, some can be a little bit uh, or a lot of bit more looser with each silver having their own individual layer all scattered around like a single region. Um, courtship between silvers is a very civilized affair. A silver always seeks a mate outside its own clan. Mating within clan is a serious taboo. Okay. Um, when the two dragons agree to be mates, they seek the approval of both clan seniors. This approval is mostly ceremonial and is almost always given. Unless there's like some crazy reason, like, no, you're actually siblings. Like, <laughs> we didn't tell you because blah, blah, blah. Like, okay. But yeah, so... Um, once the courtship is complete, the younger dragon will leave its clan to join the older dragon's clan. So oh, okay. they switch clans. Some weird social implications. Like, uh, or I guess implications. It's just, that's just a weird social thing. Because I'm older, you're coming with me. I mean, generally, it's not a hard rule. It can go the other way. It's just generally speaking, that's just how it will generally Long-time go. Long-time tradition stands, says this. Yeah, I, they don't even view it like that. It's just, you know... It just, that's just how it usually plays out. Okay. But it's not a rule. It's not like, no, he's older. You must go to their clan. Okay. Like sometimes it goes the other way, but most of the time it just goes this way. So when it comes to food, um, silvers are omnivorous and they 
but they prefer human and elven cuisine above hunting their own food. So they like just transforming to human mode and just eating human food. Because it tastes go so have good. Steak. Yeah. And they just like fly off the mountain. Yeah, indeed. And like change into a person. Exactly. This is exactly okay. what they do. Cool. Um, when it comes to their layers and territories, silvers prefer high mountains and windy open skies upon snowy mountain peaks and sometimes upon uh, magically enchanted clouds just because they can. Um, are those just around? I think sometimes they're around, but I think also silvers are, you know, they're going to be very proficient magicians, especially older ones. They're going to be like level seven. Uh, they can cast up to like level seven spells. I'm sure they can find a ritual that would turn a cloud into a nice little castle. <laughs> they just want to have like a chill like day off. This is my chill pad. Yeah. yeah I'm going to make me a cloud. Now, their chosen uh, territory and layers often brings them into contact and conflict with red dragons. Uh, now, in 1v1 combat, we know the red dragon is likely to have the upper hand. But yeah, if, but we've, if, we've run through that scenario we have, a couple times. We I have. Think. But unfortunately for red dragons, silver dragons work in tandem. Yeah, <laughs> so two silver dragons worth more than most red dragons. Yes, yes. Two silvers almost worth almost any red dragon unless it's like a super ancient mega, right, that's mega evolved red dragon. Mega evolved. <laughs> he, fucking hit, he fucking opened up his power stone and got like extra energy. Yeah, so silver dragons working in tandem will fuck a red up. And this is why above all other dragons. Dragons, reds fucking hate silvers. <laughs> God damn it. Assholes. You're always teaming up on me. Yeah, we always go through the the red dragon uh, lives inside the mountain and the silver dragon's going to go live on top of it. And the red dragon says, fuck that. Basically. Yeah. So because silvers spend far more of the time away from their layers than most other dragons, silver dragon layers tend to be doubly defended, enchanted, and booby-trapped for extra security. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. Just fun fact. Um, when it comes to their hordes, they keep in their layers uh, silvers prize objects of historical significance above all other things, especially, of course, humanoid history. Okay. <laughs> so piles of coins minted by like current and fallen empires, um, thrones and crowns from ancient kings and queens, uh, Preserved sailing ships of like exquisite design or that were involved in like cool ass battles, uh, inventions, contraptions, sculptures are, are anything uh, socially and historically important they want in their collection. They're like little museum curators. That's kind of like brass, right? Brass dragons um, do that. I, I think one of those might dragons be brass. do that. I think you might be right. Although it might be bronze too, because I know bronze are One all about fighting, and they like to like keep like war memorial stuff. Yeah, that's know? it. Because they, they yeah. we were talking about like their horde would have like a warship in exactly it with like piles of shit in the, on the yeah. ship. Yeah, oh, so well, cool. a silver would be more likely like no, this is the majestic and queen so and so would travel. The land in this one, but it wasn't involved in any fights. So right, silver would totally. be more interested in that. Cool. So any questions about silver dragons before we get into their extensive stat block? Nah, let's get into this block. Okay, let's get into it. We got the ancient silver dragon stat block. Um, this is a gargantuan mon- or dragon. Lawful good, it says. Although I always felt like silvers fall more within the neutral good category. It's, I, I was going to say that sounds like a neutral character. I mean, they are kind of lawful. Like, they always do the right thing, right? At but, the end of the day, but yeah. until they cross that threshold, everything below that is pretty much self-serving. Um, oh, I, I wouldn't say they're self-serving because um, they, they definitely they always do things for the moral reason and they do things for the greater or not the greater good, but they do things toward the will of good. Well, they do things for pleasure a lot, it sounds like, too. Yeah, sure. But uh, th- I think they would argue that that is good because it is good to enjoy life because life is good. Uh, yeah, all matter of perspective, <laughs> I, think I suppose. That's, that's part of the paladin uh, path, the um, Oath of the Ancients. It's about, like, yeah, fight evil and and guard against evil, but don't forget to enjoy life because what's the point of of constantly fighting evil if if life is doesn't have hope or joy in it? Don't go into that dungeon right now. The carnival's in town. <laughs> the carnival's we have to go eat fried Oreos. <laughs> Indeed. 
Well, what could be more good than that? What could possibly be more good than this? So we're looking at a challenge rating 23, uh, armor class 22. So it's just it's right just there. one shy of a red dragon mm-hmm. or a gold. Actually, I think a gold might be uh, 25, but uh, we'll, we'll do that in the gold dragon episode. Um, <laughs> just to look at, uh, oh yeah, stats. 487 HP, 30 strength, only 10 dex, 29 constitution, 18 intelligence, 15 wisdom, and 20 of the charisma. Yeah, four of those bad boys popping down. It's pretty pretty nasty. Indeed. Damage immunities to cold. They have blind sight. They have dark vision. um, And they have legendary resistance, which I think we've covered a lot on this show. But basically, uh, three times a day, if a dragon fails the same throw, it can just choose to succeed. So very defensive. Um, It's got its multi-attack, which includes a bite, a claw, a tail. We're looking at like the bite's a 2d10 plus 10 piercing. The claw's a 2d6 plus 10 slashing. And the tail's a 2d8 plus 10 bludgeoning. Pretty good. Um, they also have their frightful ple- presence, which each creature of the dragon's choice within 120 feet of the dragon and aware of it must succeed a DC 21 wisdom saving throw or become frightened for one minute. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself on a success. If a creature's saving throw is successful or the effects end for it, the creature is now immune to the frightful presence for the next 24 hours. Um, breath weapon, again, it's on the recharge of five to six. It's co- They have two breath weapons. Ooh, and that's, that's one cool. of the things that makes Metallics unique, is Bahamut decided to give them a little bit extra motzy. <laughs> and uh, so the first breath is the elemental breath, which for silvers is cold breath. Uh, the dragon exhales an icy blast uh, in a 90-foot cone. God, that's so big. A 90-foot cone is yeah. so big. Uh, each creature in that area must make a DC 24 constitution saving throw or take 15 D8 cold damage on a failed save and half as much on a success. That's on a recharge, you know? One lucky dragon is going to get three recharges in a row and the party's going to fucking die. Uh, <laughs> the next is a... Uh, One it, lucky dragon. <laughs> the next is breath that they have, and this goes for all metallics, is a more like uh, an enchanting kind of breath or just a, a, a magical breath. And it's usually less deadly with more like side effects. So... Uh, silvers get a paralyzing breath. This The dragon exhales paralyzing gas in a 90-foot cone. Each creature that is in the area must succeed a DC 24 constitution saving throw or be paralyzed for one minute. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, yada, yada, yada. Nice. So just, you're all paralyzed. <laughs> and now pretty, I'm leaving. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yeah, time to go. Um, yeah, like, speaking oh, of you flight. Attack, you attack me in, like, you're, you're like, misdirected. Exactly. You know, I don't want to um, kill anyone. Let's I, just I do think that some of them straight have like illusion breath, which just makes That's everyone so hallucinate. Cool. They <laughs> um, have like a dial on their neck. They're like, change breath. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, speaking of flight, though, because we we're talking about flying away, uh, their flight speed is 80 feet. So they're quite fast in the air. Their, their ground speed is 40 feet. So they're fast on the ground, too. That's uh, no outrunning one. What are we looking at for like in comparison to others? The 80 feet is like more than. Your standard, right? Um, I think it is more than a lot of creatures, but I think a lot of the faster flyers fly 90. But because it's so big, I think it's a little bit slower than that. so big. Yeah. But 40 feet on the ground is fucking so fast for this giant monster. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. So that's his breaths. Um, The next thing that also makes all metallics um, special compared to chromatic dragons is all metallics can change shape at will without using spells. Like a polymorph. They get a polymorph right. for free. Obviously, um, evil dragons can polymorph with the spell, and that's very common, but the, these metallic guys dragons cheat, a, cheat at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the dragon magically polymorphs into a human order beast that has a challenge rating no higher than its own, which, look, and it's 23. Do like, whatever, geez, what, you, you can do whatever, whatever it wants. It wants. 
Um, I think it is limited limited to humanoid or beast, though, and those oh, are very specific okay. I was keywords. Say like, oh, you're probably yeah. not becoming most angels. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Um, it uh, challenge rating no higher than its own or back into its true form. It reverts to its true form if it dies. So um, I don't know. If it's like wild shape where it dies and then it just comes back. It doesn't sound like I don't it. think so. I was so. about to ask yeah. you and when you read that line. <laughs> it doesn't because it's just a, if it dies. Yeah. Any equipment is wearing or carrying is absorbed um, or born by the new form. So worn. I don't know why it says born. Uh, <laughs> in a new form, the dragon retains its alignment, hit points, hit die, ability to speak, proficiencies, legendary. Okay. It just keeps all the shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's just a super epic humanoid now. You could become like a bird and mm-hmm. fly into like the Death Star and die. And then like your body would become the silver dragon and like rip the Death Star apart. From that, the that's yeah, I could definitely see that. <laughs> and then lastly, it's going to get its legendary actions. Um, the dragon take three legendary actions, uh, choosing from the options below. Um, so the first is detect, which is uh, basically just a perception check. I don't understand why all dragons have that, and I just don't don't see it being useful. But like what a it, feature, like to do. I don't know why like you would burn a legendary action on that. I just don't. Um, is it like some kind of special thing, like to look at, or like what do you? What does detect like? Like I, see, I just see all in the room. Or you just make a, a wisdom check, and I guess if you roll really high, you perceive like invisibility and stuff. But you have true sight, so I don't know. But the other two again are much more um, relevant, and one is just an extra tail attack, which makes sense. And then if they spend two action points for their legendary actions, uh, they get a wing attack. The dragon beats its wings. Each creature within 15 feet of the dragon must succeed on DC 25 dexterity saving throw or take 2d6 plus 10 bludgeoning damage and be knocked prone. The dragon can then fly up to half its speed. So that's a nice changing the changing the tactics and changing the room kind of okay. deal. So uh, silver dragon layers. They uh, get layer actions, but we're also going to talk about regional effects. So let's start with regional effects. The region containing a silver dragon's layer is warped by the dragon's magic, which creates one of one or more of the following effects. Uh, the first one is once per day, the dragon can alter the weather in a six mile radius centered on its lair. The dragon doesn't need to be outdoors. Otherwise, the effect is identical to the control weather spell. That's cool. It's very handy. Also, it's real. That, that makes it. So with a lot of the chromatic dragons, it's like crazy bullshit is happening around their lair. With this, it's like, oh, it's just weather. You know, it's just, you know, like, is there a dragon? Maybe. I don't know. I'm in my manor drinking yeah. my tea and reading my paper. And it would be so lovely if it rained. Indeed. <laughs> uh, the second effect is within one mile of lair, winds uh, buoy, boy, buoy non-evil creatures that fall due to no act of the dragons or its allies. So, if, uh, like, okay, if you're on, you're you're on in Pegasus, yes, and you're near the mountain that has a silver dragon, yes, and you're pure of heart, and something <laughs> horrible happens and you fall. Uh, the winds will save you. Cool. <laughs> it's very nice. I'm gonna die, and then you just like boop. And then yeah. you just like hit the ground after, like Indeed. oh shit! Indeed, such creatures okay. descend at a rate of sixty feet per round. Uh, so what is that? Ten feet per second. That's pretty slow. That's pretty slow. Ten feet a second. Yeah. yeah. That, I mean. Yeah. No, I you, they will the take. They will fall. take no falling damage. Cool. Um, and then the final effect is: given days or longer to work, the dragon can make clouds and fog within its lair as solid as stone, forming structures and other objects as it wishes. So there's your cloud. There's their cloud building materials right there. <laughs> That's a they bummer. just got to be around and then they can start like making the cloud whatever they want. Can you imagine That's super like dope. in a flying chase with the silver and yeah. they go through a cloud and then you just fucking smack it? That would, yeah, that would That'd suck. be wild. They'd have to do it ahead of time though because it takes days for them to do that to fog. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, so why are they going around the fog? <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> it's a labyrinth. Oh no. 
So uh, that's the regional effects. Let's talk about the layer action. So if you're going to fight a silver in its layer, its layer is going to attack you. So um, on an initial count of 20, the dragon takes a layer action to cause one of the following effects. First effect is the dragon creates fog as if it had cast the fog cloud spell. Um, the fog lasts until initiative count 20 on the next round. So it can like blind its enemies. Cool. Um, it only actually has one other layer effect. So, okay, that's cool. So it seems like metallic dragons get an extra breath, but they lose a layer action. Because all the chromatics I read had three layer actions. So okay. this one only gets two. The second effect is... A blistering cold wind blows through the lair near the dragon. Each creature within 120 feet of the dragon must succeed on a DC 15 constitution saving throw or take 1d10 cold damage. Gases and vapors are dispersed by the wind and unprotected flames are extinguished. Protective flames, such as lanterns, have a 50% chance of being extinguished. So it's a little bit, that's a little bit more flavorful than actually mechanically useful. I like that. So that being said, um, that's all I got on Silver Dragons unless you got any questions. Um, I mean, I was picturing earlier, like, a silver dragon, like, polymorphed into, like, a 13-year-old Jeff Goldblum. Okay. And that was an interesting thought, and I thought about that for a while. Okay. And then I pictured them, like, trying to, like, a bunch of 13-year-olds, like, scamming to buy booze and, him, mm-hmm. like, stopping them. Yeah. I'm sure silver would. That's, that's, that's mm. Okay. <laughs> with that being said, lame. I think we can get ready for the lowest. I mean, yeah, I think Silver Jags would definitely fall into the lame adult category at, if you're looking through a teenager's perspective. Okay. Sure. They're definitely Boy Scouts. That's for sure. Sure. All right. Um, but let's get ready for our long rest. And before we take our long rest, I want to tell our audience about TDC Plays, which is a sister YouTube channel to this YouTube channel slash podcast uh, where we play video games. And uh, we got Smash Sundays. Every Sunday we're playing uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Uh, right now we're doing a playthrough through Undertale and Sonic. Mania. We just wrapped up a playthrough through our Pokemon Heart Gold Randomizer Nuzlocke, and we played a horror game called Outlast, and I'm still wrapping up a Zelda 2 playthrough. We're getting ready for Zelda Wind Waker HD coming up pretty soon. That's going to be cool. Um, we got a lot going on. I think Brian's going to be jumping on with Majora's Mask possibly in the future. Um, I'm definitely doing Mega Man X. And, and Mega Man X, I'm that's try- dope. I'm trying to find the time to like... Yeah, right now, a, I'm trying to find the time to get our shows out on right. time. It's all about so, finding the time. So as, I soon as, as soon as I get in there, I get in there. Yeah, but if you want more Dungeon Casting in your life, if you want more of our voices talking about cool things, check out TDC Plays if That's you like video right. games. That's right. Link will That's be in the description. Right. That being said. <laughs> this is a great channel. Link's going to be That's a there. bad joke. We're ending the show now. <laughs> We're going to talk to you guys Bye. later. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.